Here's a message from Ken Lavica. Ken Lavica might be out, but it's still a dog bleep Wednesday. And coming off of that all-star weekend from the NBA, no better time to start than now. Stone Labanowitz, hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go. You are listening to Ken Lavica Live. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup. You want to go do karate in the garage? Yup. Turn it up. Turn it up! Now, live from the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios, it's Ken Lavica Live on ESPN 106.3. I, I don't know why I said Wednesday. I am not 100% sure why I said Wednesday. I steamrolled right through it. I didn't even know I said Wednesday until Stone Labanowitz corrected me. But it's Monday. Don't uh, double-check your calendars. Also, charge it to my head, not my heart. Big Teddy Takeover here on Ken LaVica Live. Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. Joined by Stone Labanowitz. Ken LaVica is on, I guess, en route back to uh, Palm Beach as he's uh, he was traveling with the FAU men's basketball team again. That's right. Gotcha. Following gotcha. A, uh, a tough loss to the Middle oh. Tennessee squad of the Murfreesboro, Man. Tennessee. But he's on his way back. He's back. Or he's on his way back, so we'll have Ken Lavica on Tuesday. I believe on Friday I told people Ken would be back on Monday. But, again, I am uh, notorious around here for not checking the schedule regularly. So, no, it's another Big Teddy takeover again with Stone Labanowitz. And it's a dog bleep Monday. Not a dog bleep Wednesday. A dog bleep Monday. And for those that don't remember why we do dog bleep Mondays, well... Maybe the less self-aware, the least self-aware player in the NFL, Zach Wilson, um, who had, you know, Sunday after Sunday of disappointing not only his guys in the locker room, but also his head coach, Robert Sala and Stone. That queued up Robert Sala to say what on Monday? Um, Yes, right. It's a dog bleep Monday. It's time for you to be able to um, maybe even... Put on your favorite Ken Lavica style hat. Kind of get into the brain and the shoes of Ken, who's the eternal uh, pessimist here at ESPN West Palm. And tell us what you hated most from this weekend in sports. So many things to uh, to appro- approach on. Um, we had golf this weekend. Uh, we had the trade slash buyouts um, in the NBA. We had All-Star Weekend out of Salt Lake City. Uh, so much going on throughout the sports world um, even some NFL offseason talk with, between quarterbacks, movement, and and all the whatnot stuff that goes on. The NFL never really dies down, even though we're a week out from the Chiefs being crowned champions. But for me, for Theo Dorsey, a guy who grew up loving, absolutely adoring, and could not wait for what All-Star Weekend would have to bring in the NBA between the three-point shootouts, the dunk competitions, the all-star uh, game itself on Sundays. I mean, I, I used to actually stone growing up. I used to like want to go to all-star weekend every single year. And I actually had the opportunity to go a couple times when it was in New Orleans. So that was great for my childhood. Once in New Orleans, actually, and the other time in Houston. Did you ever, ever actually go to an NBA all-star weekend? No, I have not. And I don't know how interested I am in going to Salt Lake City. Yeah. This being the place that it was this weekend. Tough. But no, I've not had a chance to be in person. Don't know if I'm even interested in going. <laughs> it So back then, it was so much more of a spectacle. Like, I was at the dunk contest in New Orleans when Gerald Green blew out the cupcake and Dwight Howard had the Superman cape. Like, I saw that live in the arena, 
And I just remember just being around the city of New Orleans, the vibes. Like, I was a kid still, but it's still just, I just knew there were great things going on around me. It was a lot, it was a very fun time. And I'm sad now because kids these days, I don't even think you would, like, who's who's waking up begging their mom for tickets to go see Mac McClung? The problem is a lot of people. Not enough people. Popular on social media, young, <laughs> dare I say, rising star. But you yes. heard the commentary after. There's a new star that's been born in the NBA. So let's Mr. Not, Mac McClung. Let's not, let's not get ahead of ourselves. All right. Yes, Mac McClung has a huge following. And yes, we've been knowing about this dude. He's been throwing dunks down since like, it feels like for the past decade, I've been seeing Mac McClung videos on YouTube, on Twitter. And now it was great to see him on the big stage in Salt Lake City. But the fact that that was the highlight, the ultimate highlight that came out of All-Star Weekend this year, out of Salt Lake City, the NBA, all the stars are in town. Even the NFL stars are in town. The celebrities are around. The groupies are out there trying to see what they can catch up on. And the the capital, the crown, the big shining bright light out of All-Star Weekend is Mac McClung. Who? What team does he play for? The Jazz? He plays for the Philadelphia 76ers. The Sixers, whatever. Yeah, I forget. He's, he's, but he's like in the G League right now. Yes, he is. So Mac McClung becoming the All-Star Weekend Slam dunk champion was the highlight of the weekend. And when you have a, a whole weekend built around the stars of your league to promote stars, not only to do that, but get some fan interaction going to elevate the platform of the league as you now go into the home stretch. And that's the highlight of the weekend. I'm sorry, Stone, but that's as Robert Sala would say in his very verbose words. Um, no, it's dog. <laughs> Come on, man. From from everything. And it's not this is not like a, a parade on Mac McClung. I love what Mac McClung was able to do. I love what Mac McClung um achieved for himself. Like, I mean, the guy not just got the trophy, he's a slam dunk champion forever. He got the money for it. But between it being in Salt Lake City, between all of the praise and talk around John Stockton and Carl Malone, who have problems of their own that we don't even need to get into. And then also Carl Malone being a judge in the dunk contest. Like, what are we doing? Overhyped dunk contest, celebrity game with pro athletes like DK Metcalf in it, and then the Antetokounmpo bros stinking it up in the skills challenge. What was there to enjoy from this All-Star weekend? Like, what was there to first look forward to? And then while you're watching it, when did you ever come back? Actually, like, you know what? I'm glad I took time out of my weekend to sit down on my couch, drink a beer, and watch uh, Drew Holiday missed layup after layup. Like, what? It was terrible, Stone. It was a terrible All-Star Weekend. So I'm a little curious. Is your All-Star Weekend your dog bleep of the weekend? It is. It's the dog bleep of the weekend. This is Dog Bleep Monday, and All-Star Weekend from the NBA is absolutely dog bleep. And I don't know any other way around it. As a guy, and again, this is personal for me, not just because I love the NBA and not just because I'm a fan of the game. Like, this was something, it just was such an... And it felt like, you know what, this is the biggest part of it that, that hurts me, Stone. It felt like in the past couple of years, especially the All-Star game it st- itself, started to pick up more traction, right? Like, it felt like there was more competition being played in these games, more defense and whatnot. Like, still, right now, I feel like it, it, it to me, feels like an all-time low with All-Star Weekend as a whole. I don't know how you can fix it other than getting stars more invested in it, but even before the weekend started, what were, what were the stars saying? LaMelo Ball, oh my God, I can't believe I get nine days off. Luka Doncic was asked, what's his favorite part of All-Star Weekend? He said Sunday when he gets to take a flight to Mexico. Like, 
come on, man. Like, it just, it sucked. It really sucked. So a lot of players were outspoken about not playing defense in the actual All-Star game, in their thoughts on some of the skills challenge participants, and the overall execution of everything. But how can you fight, or let alone argue with guys like Shaq, who drop quotes like, Mac McClung saved the dunk contest, or Kendrick Perkins here, who's definitely combating everything that you're saying. This is him this morning. On Get Up. You know what? I went out there Thursday and I left on Friday because it was cold. And I was like, <laughs> I ain't really feeling Utah. But I must say, I got to give it an A. You know what? From the celebrity game with our good uh, colleague Richard Jefferson being a referee, a player, and a broadcaster all in one. All the way from the dunk contest, I thought that was spectacular. The three-point shootout was really, really great. And the all-star game was good. If anybody is saying anything less than that, they are they are hating. hating. I thought it was very entertaining. I thought people showed up and showed out in great fashion. And I thought all the events across the board was really, really good. And shout out to the NBA for putting on the hell of an all-star weekend. Now, I don't know what happened in the nightlife. I don't know if, you know, it was... If the bar stayed open a little late, that's not my concern. But watching from, from watching from Houston, Texas, I must say I was very, very pleased for what I saw. Stone, how can you take the word of a man who left on Friday when he could have stayed the whole weekend there? Kendrick Perkins' answer right there, giving it an A because he was watching from maybe one of the best cities in the world in Houston, Texas. Of course he has rose-colored glasses on. He didn't have to stay in the cold of Salt Lake City, deal with whatever nightlife was around there that I don't I don't even want to even guess or get oh, into. God. And also, he he had the ability to do something that people who weren't that were in those arenas couldn't do. Let's change the channel. Like, of course, it's nicer from your couch, Kendrick Perkins. Yeah, you can give it an A when you don't have to suffer through all of that. Come on. So he shouted out how awesome it was from the city of Houston. I'll shout out how awesome it was from the city of Stewart, Florida. I mean, I gave it an A as well. I cannot believe this is your entry for Dog Bleat Monday. Like, I did think it was a success overall. And I think if you are one of those guys, quote unquote, a hater, as Kendrick Perkins yeah. called you now at this point, it might as that. well be you. He might I'll as well just that. name drop Theo Dorsey. But it's like background noise, almost. Like, we surf Twitter, we're figuring out what to do on this day, we're watching some college basketball, you know, whatever's on your TV sports-wise, in the XFL yesterday, yeah. don't know how many people tuned into that, <laughs> but it's good background noise, like, you get to see some of the stars show out, you get to see Dame Lillard pull up from behind the half-court line, you get to see Jason Tatum go for, what, 55? Yeah. And break the all-time scoring record in the All-Star game, so I thought there were pieces there that overall made it an A. I feel like you can say that, but I just know for sure that's dog bleep Monday for me. All-Star Weekend, as much as you want to fake like you enjoyed it, I mean, the ones that I grew up watching, the ones that I grew up loving, much better than what we got this weekend from the NBA. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. What is your dog bleep Monday after this weekend in sports? And also, how did you feel about All-Star Weekend from the NBA? Because I, for one, I'm just, it was blah. It, was, it wasn't even blah to me. It was it was downright like something I didn't even feel like I missed out on. Haters. Usually with All-Star Weekend in the NBA, I'm like, man, I'm looking at social media stories and Twitter. I'm like, I wish I could be there. This time I was like, I am so glad I'm on my couch just like Kendrick Perkins was. Who do we have on the phone lines here, Stone? We got Terry from West Palm Beach. Terry, what up? You're on Ken Levick Alive with Theo and Stone. Hey, Terry from West Palm. Theo, get old guy, get off my porch. It was awesome. <laughs> it was a great weekend. 
Are you kidding me? What did you not like about all that energy? All the stars were there. LeBron and his thing. The, the All-Star game was good. The dunk contest was fabulous. These guys are making millions. It's not 1960, bro. It's 2023. <laughs> These guys are superstar, multimillionaires. They're not going out there to hurt themselves. It's an exhibition. It's an exhibition. And it was fun. Stars were there. Beautiful people were there. What a great weekend. I wish I could have gone. I'm I'll, going to Indianapolis next year. So, Terry, I'll give you this. It had to be the best weekend in Salt Lake City, maybe. But, I mean, just there's no way you, the stars were there, but they weren't in the competitions that mattered the most. Like, we had the three-point shootout, which was good, but we still didn't have Curry in it. Like, in every contest, in every competition, I can look at it and say, man, I wish – this person would have been involved. Or, man, I wish this would have happened better. Like, And also, five years from now, ten years from now, what moments are we going to look back on from this All-Star weekend? Mac McClung. And that's it? Jason Tatum etched his name in history. In a loss. In a loss, right? Uh, oh, who? Just you, don't even, you don't even know the score. It doesn't matter the score. I know he didn't win. Uh, yeah. He didn't get the All-Star MVP. <laughs> did he? <laughs> yeah, was, of course he did. That was Giannis, I thought. I don't. I, I honestly didn't watch the ceremony, but <laughs> okay. once he's yeah, yeah, get out of here! You're scaring me off. The, you're scaring <laughs> me off my line here because I'm like, of course he won the All Star MVP. <laughs> but shouts to Terry for stepping up to the plate and getting in your face, Theo. Because as this game progresses, it, as all professional sports progress, right? These guys' contracts increase. Just their money that these guys get increases, and the value of their bodies also increases. Yeah. Like. This is a full-blown exhibition. Take it for what it is. Set your expectations to where they need to be before going into this. Don't get in your couch in Houston or West Palm Beach and Stewart and think that this is going to be a banger. Because we know it's not going to be a banger. Okay, so this is the thing then. So you guys have lowered your expectations for All-Star Weekend. As we should. All right, well then that's cool. If you want to lower your expectations for it, then yeah, you're grading on a curve. Just like just like we were grading on the curve for Mac McClung. Because... When I was Stop sitting it. on my couch. Stop it. When I was sitting on my pristine couch. White man can couch, jump. Um, feather, feathers, actually. Actual feathers in the cushions of this couch. Very comfortable couch. Much better than the seats, I'm sure, in, in Salt Lake City. As I'm sitting from my couch and I'm watching Mac McClung versus Trey Murphy of the New Orleans Pelicans, I am like, okay, maybe this will be a good final. Maybe this will be fun. And... I'm excited for the dunks as well. I thought Mac McClung was throwing down some really good dunks, some great dunks. But it felt like just like you're grading on the curve for All-Star Weekend, you guys were grading on a curve for Mac McClung's actual dunks because I'm looking on the show sheet here. It says Mac 540. Now, and, and we're referring to the dunk that Mac McClung used to win the dunk contest where he then spinned around and said it was over, and it was over. He won that dunk contest. And also... In my own living room, I had people telling me it was a 720. What Mac McClung did to win the dunk contest was a 360, and it was barely that. He completed a 360 dunk, which is tough to do at 6-2. But let's hear the audio from All-Star Weekend on TNT of Mac McClung completing what Stone says is a 540, but most people with eyes would say 360. Star has been born. Hey, shout out to Mac, right? Yeah. $109,000 in career earnings. Yes. Playing professional hoops. $100,000 bag for that 540 and shutting it down. 
completing every single dunk in his first attempt. Yes. 49, 50, 50, whatever it was. Why are you hating? No, no. Actually, I loved Mac McClung's dunks, and I thought Mac McClung was the clear winner of the dunk contest. I'm not hating on Mac McClung. I'm also happy that he did win the slam dunk contest because Trey Murphy's going to be all right, right? Like he's going to have contracts and contracts he's in the great. league. Mac McClung is this 100K is going to mean more to him. Also, being a slam dunk champion is going to mean more to Mac McClung, and that's what he's known for. He has high flying dunks, is great at 6'2. All I'm saying is. Y'all don't have to grade on the curve. The dude won it without y'all saying it was a 540. It was a 360. Go back and watch the video. It was a 360. Who do we have on the line here on Dog Bleep Monday, Stone? Well, we originally had Woody, but old Woody dropped in. But we got the phone lines lining up here. I I do want to ask you, though. Yeah. Before we do reach for more callers, you're arguing not with Stone Labanowitz, not with Joe Schmo, but with Shaquille O'Neal, who said, quote, Mac McClung saved the dunk contest. Okay. How so do you not feel like somewhat of a hater when Shaq drops a quote like that? Because <laughs> it's Shaquille O'Neal. I mean, what are yeah, you talking oh my God. about? You, and also, Let's discredit Shaq. Why don't we? Happy Monday, folks. How many times have we heard the dunk contest has been saved? Not a lot. We keep we hear this every other year, Stone. Maybe. If I'm you not listening. Been paying attention every single year. Let me go through the list of the. Let's, let's do this. Let's go through the list of the slam dunk champions in 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Call in. Let us know what your dog bleep Monday is. For mine, it's All-Star Weekend in the NBA. And honestly, I'm not wrong. I'm not wrong. Because you guys are grading on a curve. You guys have set a low bar for what is supposed to be this majestic, magical event full of stars and full of just a big show. And we didn't really get that in Salt Lake City. Also, shouldn't be in Salt Lake City. And also, shouldn't have Carl Malone all over it. And especially not judging anything. I think if anything needs to be judged, it's Carl Malone himself. But let's go through the list of the All-Star Dunk Contest winners over the past seven, eight years. This past year, Mac McClung. The year before, Obi Toppin. The year before, 2021, Anthony Simons of the Blazers. Really good one. He's pretty good. 2020, Derek Jones Jr. with the Heat. That was the Dwayne Wade year where Dwayne Wade gave him a little bump. And he's got bunnies. We'll take it. No, Derek Jones Jr., great dunker. Hamadou Diallo of the Thunder in 2019. Huge fan. In 2018, Donovan Mitchell. Ooh. Big one. Spider Mitchell. And I believe when he did, they were like, yo, he's, it's back. It's back. <laughs> dunk contest is Donovan Mitchell. Save the dunk contest. I feel like Anthony Simons might have got a little bit of that as well. People were hating on Derrick Jones Jr. They do this every year, Stone. Like, it's fun in the moment. It's exciting in the moment. And people overhype it in the moment because you have to. Because you're overcompensating for the fact that We're not seeing superstars dunk, for one. Number two, we're not seeing the same level of dunks in a lot of instances. And then number three, your guy, Los Angeles Lakers, the second greatest basketball player of all time, LeBron James. Whoa. And if you want to say I'm arguing with Shaq, you would be arguing with none other than Stephen A. Smith, who he says LeBron James single-handedly has ruined the dunk competition. Here he is on first take, and I can't disagree. LeBron James, absolutely well-deserved. I revered this man. We will miss him when he's gone. But there is one blemish that should be on LeBron James' career. He has ruined the slam dunk contest. He is personally responsible. That's right, I'm saying it. Connie Hawkins participated in the, in the slam dunk contest. David Thompson 
participated in the I'm getting historical here. David Thompson participated. Dr. J. Julius Irvin participated. Ultimately, Dominique Wilkins and Michael Jordan. I know the Spud Webbs and the Nate Robinsons and Andre Iguodala's and others infiltrated the proceedings over the years, but Michael Jordan and Dominique Wilkins participated in it. Okay, Kobe Bryant, God rest his soul, participated in it. Vince Carter, the Vince Carter, that brother, maybe the best in-game dunker we've ever seen. That brother participated in the contest of 2000, put on an absolute show. Tracy McGrady participated in the slam dunk contest. We saw Zach Levine, we saw Aaron Gordon, and all of these guys. LeBron James, who loves doing slam dunk shows on the layup lines, who didn't mind throwing down a few dunks yesterday, has never participated in the slam dunk contest. See, we get caught up. And we think about Jordan and, and Dominique and all of these guys, and they just did it so they could show off their dunking skills. They didn't do it because of that. They did it because they knew there was an audience out there clamoring for it. And that in itself is the problem with the dunk contest. Mac McClung, Obi Toppin, Anthony Simons, Derek Jones Jr., Hamadou Diallo do not move the needle like a John Morant, a Zion Williamson, or a LeBron James would in the dunk contest. I, I, can't, <clears throat> I can't dig in with this stuff. I can't get fake excited over guys who I'm not going to watch in regular season or playoff games slamming down dunks. Why don't I just go out to my local neighborhood park and watch it? I, I know dunkers all up, up throughout America. We can watch some street ball stuff no, you and don't. see some great dunks as well. No, you don't. I'm sorry, Hot but sauce Mac does McClung, not count. Mac McClung, uh, don't forget about uh, Half Man, Half Amazing. Don't forget about... Well, Escalade wasn't doing much dunk. <laughs> let me let me do my best in defending LeBron. Now, I'm not even necessarily that confident in this take. No, I know you're not. There's no there's no way you can defend him. But I'm going to try to put myself inside of LeBron James' head, in between those ears. In today's day and age, where everything is under a microscope, if he does participate in the dunk contest, misses his first dunk, ends up losing to a younger star in the league. Yeah, like he will never, ever ever live it down like he will then become a meme it will become the 2024 dunk contest where lebron james got exposed we're gonna see spinner articles we're gonna see this that and everything above like we live in a day and age where people just want to hate on something for no reason we are ruthless on that bird app that we call twitter so i think if you do do something if john morant who's the nastiest in-game dunker we have in the league right now undoubtedly in my opinion goes and participates in the dunk contest and doesn't win, he's a meme. None of these guys want to become a meme. They don't want to let nerds who have egg avatars or people with 30 followers creating memes and going viral off of their demise and not winning a dunk contest. Like, maybe back then, right, when MJ was doing it, when all you could do was turn on your black and white television, now it's a little dig there, or turning on your radio dial to listen to see if MJ was going to win it. Okay. Like, there was no hating. You were only going to hate at your local bar the next day. It's different nowadays, man. You got to hide the best you can because you don't want to get caught in the mainstream media. You Can I at least do this? Thing? How'd because I do there? How'd I do in defending him? It was it was decent. It okay. was better than I thought okay. you would do. It was better than I thought you would do, but let me counter you right here on behalf of all of the people who wanted to see LeBron James in a dunk contest. Me one of them. I don't want to see LeBron James in a dunk contest in 2024. Right. I didn't even want to see him in 2010. LeBron James should have done the dunk contest his rookie, sophomore, or third, fourth year in the league. And that's it. After that, I can see why you wouldn't want to do it because now you are a superstar. And here's the defense for LeBron. Between Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan and even Blake Griffin who did it and even Dwight Howard who did it as a top pick in the league, 
LeBron had the highest expectations coming in. So it would be most embarrassing for LeBron James Correct. if in his rookie season or sophomore season he lost the, fr- the dunk contest. But Michael Jordan, like people talk about like yeah, it, Michael Jeffrey Jordan, he won the dunk contest. He won it in 1987. He won it in 1988. He did it before he was the guy that was reigning atop the league with the scoring titles and the championships. Like he did it early. Kobe Bryant, when he won the dunk contest, 1997. Again, he did it when he was a rook. He did it when he was young before he had all of the expectations and he could be clowned for losing to a guy like Desmond Mason or, or Jason Richardson. So for LeBron James, when you enter the league in 2003 and the very next year, Fred Jones of the Pacers <laughs> wins the dunk contest in Love 2004. Fred Jones. Fred Jones, that should have been the LeBron James year. It was in Los Angeles. The All-Star Weekend in 2004 was in Los Angeles. If LeBron James does the dunk contest that year, we won't have not just things like other stars not wanting to do it, but also it wouldn't be a jaded event. The reason why we had all of these, I don't want to call them scrubs because they're NBA pro players, but in comparison to their peers, scrubs in the dunk contest year after year, because guys like LeBron James didn't want to participate. It's his fault. So put guys like John Moran and Zion Williamson in your crosshairs. This is where your energy should be going. It should, but they, these are the guys who are in their third, fourth season, yeah, who have ridiculous hops, who would absolutely be showstoppers if they executed the dunks that they were, you know, trying to get fifties with. So keep your energy towards those guys, not the old forty-year-old LeBron James, but forty. Oh, I mean, what thirty-eight? Forty it's years where it old. Started though, like if again, I'm not mad at LeBron for not doing the dunk contest today, though I would contend LeBron James probably could still win a dunk contest today. He probably could still win a dunk contest today. I'm not mad at him for not doing it today, but again, he is the one that ruined the All-Star Weekend's dunk contest by not showing up. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Number one, who do you blame for the dunk contest being a uh, a contest where G-leaguers are now stepping in and taking over? Where G-leaguers <laughs> are the... Like, think about what you said earlier, Stone. You just said... All-Star Weekend will be remembered by Mac McClung, a G-leaguer. That's a bad All-Star Weekend. Dog Bleep Monday. What's your Dog Bleep Monday? And also, who ruined the dunk contest for the NBA? And why is it that we're celebrating G-leaguers when we're supposed to be, this is supposed to be the weekend about the NBA? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Stone, what's your Dog Bleep Monday? All right, I'm getting away from the NBA here. Going on over the National Football League. This tweet came out this morning from at NFL Dov Kleeman. That dude. That dude. (laughs) Loves to go viral. Yes. Loves to just stir the pot a little bit. But this one was well done, and I think we all appreciate him for it. You know, we hinted at last Friday all of the speculation and the quarterback carousel going on around the league. We even brought up Daniel Jones' name, right? We know he's going to ask for a certain amount of money. But let me read this tweet to you. Update. Hashtag Giants quarterback Daniel Jones wants more than New York has offered him. Possibly as much as $45 million per year, comma, or more. A source tells Mike Florio, Jones has recently switched agents from CAA to Athletes First. All right. All right. Rob Sala, got to help me out here. Um, no, it's dog (laughs) (laughs) $45 million for Daniel Jones. 
Who gets paid $45 million right now, Theo? Let's just go down this list of guys. Okay. It'd be Chiefs Kingdom leader, Patrick Mahomes. Yes. Cardinals quarterback, Kyler Murray. Deshaun Watson. Get over that one really quickly. Yeah. Josh Allen. Am I missing one or two guys? Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott. And I would say Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers, yes. If he were to stay with Green Bay, they owe him $50 million. Does Does Daniel Jones belong... In that group of guys, Russell Wilson as well. No, (laughs) (laughs) I forgot about Russell Wilson. So Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, and Daniel Jones. I mean, the math just ain't adding up for me. There's my entry for Dog Bleep Monday. Waking up this morning. Oh, so many sports happen this weekend. Genesis Invitational, the NBA All-Star Weekend. College basketball is just heating up. And then this guy, Daniel Jones, is asking for $45 million. Just does not do it for me, Rob Sala, one more time. Um, now, here's my question, Stone. Is, as a guy who is, a, is a, just a fanatic of mediocre quarterback play, That's right. Are you more so, is it dog bleep that Daniel Jones is expecting to get paid $45 million, or is it dog bleep that he's asking for? Because I would say maybe, you know, if you're Daniel Jones, hey, ask for as much as you want. But if he's going to draw the line at $45 million, I think him and his agents might have a little bit too much dip on the chip. Yeah, so for me, it's how I think this negotiation went or how I think that it's going to go if it's reported that that's what he's asking for. Because you get Daniel Jones and his agents from Athletes First, and you're sitting around at the house, like, hey, you know, we're going to approach management here this week. What are we thinking? Mm. And this is the number you land on? Like, this isn't going to help your case. We know how ruthless the New York market is. Yeah. If you do get paid $45 million and you finish last in the NFC East, you're done. You're done. You'll be an all-time backup quarterback in the league I always get mad at quarterbacks. Like, you have a chance to play chess each and every season. Take a lower contract, take less money, and then perform well. The fans will then make you the beloved savior of your franchise, and and you can do no wrong after that. But if you're asking for upwards of $50 million and you fall flat on your face, because mind you, the NFC East was not bad last year. And also, there's a sleeping giant in these Washington commanders with the boy Eric Bieniemy. I don't know. I wouldn't call them a sleeping <laughs> giant. I would call them, they're sleeping for sure. That is 100% on par. I wouldn't call them a giant. You don't, you don't like the 8-8-1 eight, eight, and one Washington <laughs> Commanders to turn it around in 2023? I got to see what they do with that quarterback position because if it's Sam Howell, it would be more like a sleeping baby. Sure. I hear, you, I hear you loud and clear, but Thin. for me, it's the fact that he's asking for this. Yeah. I'm not upset because this is where the market's at. Like, you want to shoot for the stars and be brought down, so maybe he knows he's going to get 30. Maybe he knows it, but you have to start at 45. So I think just how the negotiation went, he kind of turned me off because, you know, we thought he was one of the humble lads of the league. We thought that he knew where his feet were. He knows his level. He knows where he can play and how he can play and who he matches up with. But with this tweet from Don Cleveland, apparently not. So for you, for your money, Daniel Jones... He's already what? He's the third best quarterback in his division right now, behind Hurts and Prescott, or what? Of course. So he has a chance at being the fourth best quarterback in his own division, depending on what the commanders do at quarterback. And I would assume between this year and next year, even if Daniel Jones gets locked into this long term deal, the commanders are going to find a long term solution that they would hope is better than Daniel Jones. So 
he could be getting paid $45 million. If he gets what he's asking for out of the Giants, he could be getting paid $45 million annually over the next four or five years whilst being the fourth best quarterback in his own division. Get your money, young man. We're going to keep talking about Dog Bleep Monday as well as <laughs> today's a holiday. Today's a holiday, and we want to see who you're inaugurating for President's Day on this Monday as well as we return on Ken LaVica Live. That's Stone Labanowitz. I'm Theo Dorsey. This is ESPN 106.3. Say that again? I'm not doing the dunk contest. <laughs> now, back to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. And who would? Who would do the dunk contest? As a young star, a budding star in the league, after LeBron James poo-pooed it for so many years, he ruined it. He ruined the dunk contest. Theo Dorsey in for Ken Levicka on Ken Levicka Live here. Theo Dorsey of WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. Still got Stone Labanowitz in studio. We're chopping it up on a dog bleep Monday following a dog bleep weekend. But if you want your next weekend to brighten up your mood a bit, you want to have some a good time, some fun after this weekend where the NBA gave you nothing? Well, turn your attention to the PBKC, Palm Beach Kennel Club. It's your entertainment destination with no limit poker, casino table games, super OTB action, exceptional dining, and exciting events, including this Sunday. PBKC features South Florida's premier card and memorabilia show featured featuring signed icon, amazing vendors, prize drawings, and more. Join myself, Theo Dorsey, alongside J-Mart broadcasting live from 10 to 11 a.m. on Sunday on ESPN 106.3 and also catch all of the action that you want to when it comes to the sports cards, not just sports cards, all kinds of memorabilia at Palm Beach Kennel Club. For more information, go to pbkennelclub.com. And you can check out all of the upcoming events there as well. It is Dog Bleep Monday. Yes, it is. As always, following a weekend of sports, we got to see what, as Robert Sala would say, Stone is. Um, yeah, it's dog. Straight up. Straight up. We got to do that. So we're still taking your calls on that. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. But today's also a special day. A very special day in the land of the free and the home of the brave. It's President's Day here in America. And we're also going to be celebrating that. So let's turn the tide. Let's let's turn that frown upside down and smile a bit. Why don't you? Because we're celebrating President's Day as well. And we're inaugurating the weekend winner. Who won the popular vote? Who won the popular vote this weekend? Um, after, again, so many different events. We had golf. We had basketball in action. We even had some XFL, which I'm not sure how many eyes were on it, but, I mean, opening weekend of the XFL means football continues on, and I know that's big in Palm Beach County and the Treasure Coast, and we did have basketball. I'm not sure there's going to be any weekend winners out of that outside of Mac McClung, who uh, doubled his career payday so far in the NBA by winning the dunk contest. Tip of the cap to him. But for me, who I'm inaugurating as this weekend's winner on President's Day, who got the popular vote for me? This one's easy. It's going to be the Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers fans, the Green Bay Packers front office, and anybody associated with that with that franchise, all of the people that have shares in it, I know that it was publicly traded, and though they don't have a say, they got a share, it's cool, we all own the Packers. I'm happy for you. I am excited for you. This reminds me of how when people say they have divorce parties or anything like that, a bad breakup, 
how you're supposed to be happy with them. You're supposed to celebrate with them. Champagne toast. Because we learned over this weekend that the Green Bay Packers aren't just done with Aaron Rodgers. This this marriage that's lasted about two decades that has proven to bear out four MVPs, a Super Bowl championship, a Super Bowl MVP, I think 10 Pro mm. Bowls. I mean, immaculate success. But on the back end, just drama, just him holding the franchise over the head with a double barrel shotgun. Whoa. Him, you know, just figuratively speaking. Okay. Figuratively speaking. This guy talking about his darkness retreats. This guy showing his feet on press conferences, getting getting Rex Ryan all riled up. Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers sound like they are officially done, Stone Lebanowitz. And the word that we got on Aaron Rodgers this weekend on how the Green Bay Packers as a franchise feel about him is disgusted. They are disgusted with Aaron Rodgers. And this is according to Bob McGinn. Bob McGinn, who has covered the Green Bay Packers for a long time, and he put out an article on Substack um, on the Go Long pod as well. Bob McGinn saying the Packers will for sure move on from Aaron Rodgers. It was a great run. It was fun. All good things must come to an end, and I'm celebrating. I, I think the popular vote goes to the Green Bay Packers and their fan base and their front office for finally having the guts, the, the unmitigated guts, to say we're done with this dude, we're moving on, we're going to put our faith in Jordan Love. I don't know how it's going to work out, Stone, but I do know one thing. I'm happy for them in this time of need. Stone, am I on par here? Yeah, you're on par. Let's not say par. You're on brand. On right? brand. You've been a hater since we kicked off the show. Now we're about 40 minutes in, <laughs> and you're staying on brand. <laughs> Green Bay Packers fans, if you are rejoicing over the news that the organization is disgusted with Aaron Rodgers, Wait till you see your new quarterback, Jordan Love, take the field. All those weapons around him, such a good defense. Have fun with Jordan Love and Bob McGinn. Screw off. Wait, why are you taking it out on the messenger? He's not the guy that's disgusted with Aaron Rodgers. He's just reporting that he's learned that the Packers are disgusted with their quarterback who is somewhere not even hearing this news because he's, you know, hanging upside down in a dark room. You've been doing this long enough. To claim that Bob McGinn is not disgusted with Aaron Rodgers is way out of line. Way out of He's line. He's an objective journalist. He's probably the most disgusted <laughs> with Aaron Rodgers. And he says, you know what? I'm so sick and tired of this dude. I have a couple platforms to do this. Let me shake the room. Oh, my goodness. Who is he getting word for? We don't have word from anybody that they're disgusted with Aaron Rodgers. Now, it wouldn't surprise me. Right, you have a quarterback, a Hall of Fame, a first ballot Hall of Famer who's just not even answering text messages, not even answering phone calls. Agents probably can't get a hold of him. He's just doing his own thing. Yes, I'm sure it can turn you the other way. But overall, Theo, it's pretty on brand with you. But it still has a little bit of a little bit of hate in it. It's President's Day. It's President's Day. I'm trying to show love to the Packers franchise. Like I'm not <laughs> hating. I mean, sometimes to to show love, you have to hate on the other side a little bit. Like I'm just trying to. Again, I'm I'm everybody's friend. I like to look at myself as the kind of like a, an optimist. I'm I'm one I'm a guy that sees a ray of sunshine in any any room, no matter how dark it is, Aaron Rodgers. And I just want the Packers fans to feel a sense of relief. Sometimes it's nice, though he was a great guy, and I said it, ten Pro Bowls, one one Super Bowl. Yep, that's right. Ten Pro Bowls, a lot a lot of playoff appearances, ten Pro Bowls too, four MVPs, great regular season guy. 
And a Super Bowl championship. He did get one, right? He did Am get I one. Miscounting? Did he get two? No, he did not get just two. Just one. Okay. Just one. How many does Patrick Mahomes have? By Don't the way? worry about it. I can't remember. All right. I'm just asking. Oh, but yeah, no. One really big Lombardi trophy that they got more than a decade ago. And I think it is fair to rejoice with the Packers fans as they now free themselves from a guy who is what? Turning 39, 40 years old. A guy who is literally not giving you a clear, concise answer on if he wants to even play football right now. A guy who they feel like last year came into the season not in the best of shape. A guy who they feel like last year came into the season not as focused as he previously was. Like, if he's going to mail it in, if he's going to hold your franchise hostage, you can still look back on the good years and say we had fun while looking forward to saying, hey, let's free ourselves from the shackles of Rodgers and see what this Jordan Love guy has to offer. All right, enough of this fake. (laughs) Enough of this fake. Celebration of President's Day, but right? you're just using it to tee off on Aaron Rodgers. He gets the vote as if he's a punching bag. <laughs> but he did win the popular vote in the city of Milwaukee, possibly right, not proven, but possibly. I'm gonna take this up a notch here. Who won my popular vote? Thank you. We are the golf capital of the United States. We have one of the only golf radio shows in the state of Florida, Palm Beach County, the Treasure Coast, hosted by Ken Levick Live. That's Honda Classic Live. Listen to Saturdays. But John Rahm wins my popular vote. He participated in this weekend's Genesis Invitational out in the West Coast in L.A. And when I say he's red hot, Theo, I mean he is red hot. Watching this guy play golf. I said this to somebody yesterday, and I loved when I said it. Oh, you loved what you said, right? I loved what I so said. So you said something to somebody, and you were like, damn, I'm good. Dude, it, it literally happened like that. Okay, we got to hear it. I was like, John Rahm, right now, is better at golf Uh-oh. than any other athlete right now is as good at their sport. John Rahm is playing golf better than LeBron James is playing basketball, better than Kevin Durant is playing basketball. What about Jokic? John Rahm is playing golf better than Nikola Jovic is playing basketball. John Rahm is playing better golf than Mike Trout is playing baseball. Okay, let's, let's move over to the uh, gridiron because I don't know. You're trending. I... Will not hesitate to say that John Rahm is playing better golf than Patrick Mahomes is playing football right now. I will put that in writing with a sharpie. I really, really feel that way because Mahomes just won the Super Bowl. So, so tell me how because I obviously don't pay enough attention to golf. We do have the Honda Classic in town this weekend. Great time for a quick plug. The pro am going on at PGA National Resort and Spa today uh, this weekend, starting Thursday. They're going to get stuff going. We'll be out there multiple times. We do have a Ken Levick Alive remote at the Honda Classic, That's, right? Come on. I think we do for That's four days straight. That's on Thursday. So I'll be on the Thursday show, yeah. and then I, the rest of it I'll be covering stuff for TV. But no, back to John Rahm. He's dominating golf. How? What is he doing? John Rahm this weekend shot 1,700 and won the Genesis Invitational. Closest one to him was Max Homa. In a weekend where it was kind of shielded by Tiger Woods' success, he played really good golf. But let me take you through John Rahm's 2023. Gotcha. Mind you, it's February 20th. We're not even a month and a half. Through 2023, John Rahm, in 60 days, his top seven wins in all five of his starts. Three of them, he actually hoisted the trophy. So, so three. Let, let's go through that. Three wins and five starts. That's tough. It's ridiculous. Yeah. With the amount of players that are in the field in a one-man sport, mano, imano, imano, etc., wins them. Three out of the five this year. 93 under in 20 rounds. Theo, you might not know what that means, but it's ridiculous. I know what that means. You'll never see 93 under. That's crazy. In your entire lifetime. Yes. Neither will I. I might. He's averaging a 67 per round. Ooh. 
which is 500. It's astronomical, the numbers that this guy's putting up. He's beat or tied 601 players, which is 98.8% of the field. Mm. He's lost to only eight players. Mind you, one of them being the best golfers in the world. Through five tournaments. Through five tournaments. And how much moolah do you think this guy has earned in 60 days? Okay, so I know the purse has been around like 18 or so million per tournament here, right? So I would say... I would say he's won about, let's say, $43 million. Well, that's a ridiculous number. He's won $10 million <laughs> in purse. Don't you hate when people overcut your, your big sale there? <laughs> I mean, yeah, you totally, you totally. I forgot that's total purse I'm looking at, huh? So right. I'm not thinking for, about just first place. For sure. Price. Okay. For, so for the stuff that he's wearing out there, yeah, he, it could be in that realm yes, of $40 yes. million, dollars, right? Endorsements, everything that he's putting on brand, his commercials, whatever. But in prize earnings. But I'm talking about in prize earnings. Okay. $10 million in 60 days. Let's do some math. That's more. Then Patrick Mahomes' $300 million contract. That's more than Mike Trout's contract. That's more than any athlete right now, their contract in a 60-day span. What John Rahm is doing right now is Tiger Woods-esque. It's name oh. any top-tier athlete. The run that he's on is something that should be acknowledged. We are in the golf capital of the United States of America, so yeah. I, I think that it's warranted that he gets my popular vote on President's Day because if John Rahm got voted into office, guess who would not be mad? Me. <laughs> I would 100% support John Rahm being our president right now because when you turn on the television, it was CBS yesterday, watching him play golf, is, is it's uncomparable to anybody else playing sports right now. There is nobody doing what he's doing in their sport right in this moment. So do you think he can keep it up? Like how, and I'm not asking this as a guy that's trying to counter your point. I'm just saying, like, is this going to be an incredible stretch that we're in the beginning of? Are we on the back end of it? Like, what's your gauge on him being able to be consistent with this? So I would compare it to somebody like a Steph Curry or a Damian Lillard. When they get hot, you mm. know they're just about to go on some sort of run. He's plus 700 to win the Masters, which is, from a Vegas perspective, ridiculously low. 7-1 to one in a field that large yeah. says enough tells you everything you need to know. But I think this would be a stretch that if you're not a golf fan, you are a casual. Compare it to someone like Steph Curry. When okay. he's shooting 55% from beyond the arc, like this is what John Rahm's doing. There are no signs of slowing down. His irons, his entire golf game is dialed into the point where if you're not a golf fan, this is something that you must tune into because they look like video game highlights. Like, just go to YouTube and type in round three highlights, round four highlights, when he's shooting 64s, when he's shooting 67s, which he averages. Yeah. It's a spectacle, Theo. Like, for you who I can, would I'll consider a golf yeah. casual, like, this would be a sight for your eyes. Well, you, you'd be like, oh, my God. You know what is comparable to Steph Curry and other NBA players that John Rahm is doing? A little load management. Because I won't see him in the Honda Classic. See, I would give him more credit if he showed up for the Honda Classic. Anthony Edwards would be unimpressed. Uh, are you experiencing foot and ankle pain and need to see an expert in the field? Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has a team of foot and ankle orthopedic surgeons and specialists who are regarded as leaders in their specialty. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho to learn more today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians and leading-edge treatments and technology to provide advanced orthopedic, foot and ankle, joint replacement, spine, and sports medicine care. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho. For more information today, Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash 
Ortho. It is a dog bleep Monday. It's also President's Day, and we are inaugurating our president of sport based on who got the popular vote this weekend. So we got a little positive. We got a little negative. We got it all on Ken Levick Alive today, 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. That's the number to call in and give us your vote, and we'll take it on the other side. He's Stone LeBanowitz. I'm Theo Dorsey. This is ESPN 106.3. Can we do it again? Yeah, yeah. Can we do it again? Yeah, yeah. I need to do it again. Yeah, yeah. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. It's not every day you get movement from Hall of Fame players, future Hall of Famers, no matter the league, NHL, MLB. NFL or the NBA, but it seems to happen more and more in the National Basketball Association the further along we get into the era of player empowerment. And the latest future Hall of Famer to move, I think, is this is this worthy of a breaking news, Stone? I think so. I think it might be worthy of a breaking news. Uh, breaking news on ESPN 106.3 is brought to you by St. Lucie Battery and Tire. If your vehicle has issues with braking or other issues, get it fixed right, right now at St. Lucie Battery and Tire. After finalizing a contract buyout, and this tweet from Adrian Wojnarowski, as all breaking news. Woj bomb! Right. This is NBA breaking news. Of course, it's from Woj. After finalizing a contract buyout with the Utah Jazz, nine-time All-Star guard Russell Westbrook plans to sign with the Los Angeles Clippers. His agent, Jeff Schwartz, of Excellent Basketball Tales ESPN. Russell Westbrook, in the matter of this past week, traded from the Lakers to the Utah Jazz, bought out from the Jazz, and is now remaining under his lease to stay playing in Staples Center, going over to the dark side, playing for the Los Angeles Clippers. So this I ask you, Stone Labanowitz, because this move doesn't move me that much. But another move of a guy that might be a potential future Hall of Famer that happened on the buyout market also didn't move me that much, and that's Kevin Love going to the Miami Heat. So I propose you this question. Russell Westbrook to the Clippers, Kevin Love to the Miami Heat. Which one of those guys moves the needle more for both teams that are hoping to be contending for a championship? I mean, neither one is really in prime position to contend for a title. Both have, you know, reasonable belief that they can try and do it. Who moves the needle more? So the answer here is Russell Westbrook. Wow. I think it's because who surrounds him, that being a guy like PG, a guy like Kawhi. And Russ is going to be coming off the bench, and I think he already knows that going into this. So if he can come off the bench as a scorer... He can drag them out of scoring droughts. He can provide sparks when both of those guys want to take a seat and get a breath, similar to some of the shining moments that he had with the Lakers. But I, I think, obviously, the one that moves the needle more is the younger, more aggressive, more athletic player in Russell Westbrook. Because these Clippers, they deem themselves as a threat. Like, I'm a Vegas guy. I typically go by what the sports books are telling us. Their odds are pretty low yeah. to get out of the West, and you're only adding depth to your roster. So I think the answer here is Russell Westbrook and the Clippers. I'm not mad at that take because honestly, for me, I think neither one of the guys moved the needle enough for me to feel like championship odds should even shift, right? Like I think whatever the Clippers championship odds were before they got Russell Westbrook and whatever they are now shouldn't move. But if you're telling me that in a playoff series or maybe in one of these late regular season games, when Kawhi Leonard wants to sit out or Paul George needs to rest, 
Russell Westbrook takes control of the offense for 10 minutes. Might not be the worst thing. You don't see Kevin Love seeing that for, or doing that for the Miami Heat for sure, as he's going to be likely backing up Bam Adebayo. And the biggest problem for the Miami Heat with this Kevin Love edition, great name, again, former All-Star, all of that great stuff, NBA champion, a vet. You're bringing a vet into the locker room. But it's never a good sign when a team ahead of you in the Eastern Conference standings, a team ahead of you in your own conference, buys out a veteran, and you're going and getting him and acting like that guy is going to be the guy to save you and help you win a championship. Kevin Love isn't coming to the Miami Heat to make them a contender. He's just coming as a veteran presence and a good backup guy. And if the Cavs didn't think he could be valuable to a playoff run, why would he be valuable to the Heat? Yeah, I think it shows the state of where the Miami Heat are at right now. Like, Tough. Heat fans love this move for Kevin Love. And you're allowed to love it. Yeah. But is he actually going to be a difference maker in winning and losing basketball games? I, I, I don't think the answer to that is yes. I don't even think he's capable of doing it. Maybe that's just what the Cavs have made us believe in, that he doesn't have him, have it anymore, that they've bumped him out of the rotation. But mind you, that Cleveland Cavaliers team is really young. A lot of jumpers, a lot of guys who can get to the basket, and that's not necessarily what Kevin Love's strength is at this point in his career. So maybe they've masked his full potential or what he was once good at was being a catch-and-shoot guy and playing alongside a guy like LeBron James. Yeah. Now he has that guy, right, and Jimmy Butler. And not to say he didn't have that guy with a team like Donovan Mitchell, where he had in Cleveland, and guys who could drive and kick, another and Darius, Darius Garland. Garland. Yeah, I mean, that had a good setup there. For sure, but I, I think the style of basketball they play in Cleveland is a lot different than what they play. I would more so compare the way the Heat play basketball to how the old Miami Heat played basketball with LeBron James in yeah. 2011, 12, and 13. So I think this is somewhat of a match made in heaven for them, so I can see why Heat fans are getting out of their seats and they enjoy this, but... Not as much of a needle mover as Russell Westbrook to the Clippers is. This move makes more sense if you do it in the offseason and you bank on heat culture and you bank on him getting into the best shape of his life, quote-unquote, and you have a full, you know, again, offseason training camp for Eric Spolstra to find creative ways to use him. Him being a midseason addition at this big age, 34, at his, whatever shape he's in right now because he's been nursing a hand injury and hasn't been playing, it's not doing much when it comes to the Heat's playoff hopes. Uh, we're going to come back and bring something back that we used to do a lot of times on Ken Levick Alive, and we haven't done it in a while. But since Ken's out, and it's a big Teddy takeover, Theo Dorsey and Stone Labanowitz in, we're going to bring back a little bit of the listening lunch. That's right. You heard it here first. Listening lunch makes a return when we return on Ken Levick Alive. He's Stone Labanowitz. I'm Theo Dorsey. This is ESPN 106.3. Say it again. I'm not doing the dunk contest. <laughs> now, back to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. And who would? Who would do the dunk contest as a young star, a budding star in the league after LeBron James poo-pooed it for so many years? He ruined it. He ruined the dunk contest. Theo Dorsey in for Ken LaVica on Ken LaVica Live here. Theo Dorsey of WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. Still got Stone Labanowitz in studio. We're chopping it up on a dog bleep Monday following a dog bleep weekend. But if you want your next weekend to brighten up your mood a bit, you want to have some a good time, some fun after this weekend where the NBA gave you nothing, well, turn your attention to the PBKC, Palm Beach Kennel Club. It's your entertainment destination with no limit poker, casino table games, super OTB action, exceptional dining, and exciting events, including this Sunday, 
PBKC features South Florida's premier card and memorabilia show featured featuring signed icon, amazing vendors, prize drawings, and more. Join myself, Theo Dorsey, alongside J Mart broadcasting live from 10 to 11 a.m. on Sunday on ESPN 106.3 and also catch all of the action that you want to when it comes to the sports cards, not just sports cards, all kind of memorabilia at Palm Beach Kennel Club. For more information, go to pbkennelclub.com. And you can check out all of the upcoming events there as well. It is Dog Bleep Monday. Yes, it is. As always, following a weekend of sports, we got to see what, as Robert Sala would say, Stone is. Um, yeah, it's dog. <laughs> straight up, straight up. We got to do that. So we're still taking your calls on that. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. But today's also a special day. A very special day in the land of the free and the home of the brave. It's President's Day here in America, and we're also going to be celebrating that. So let's turn the tide. Let's let's turn that frown upside down and smile a bit. Why don't you? Because we're celebrating President's Day as well, and we're inaugurating the weekend winner. Who won the popular vote? Who won the popular vote this weekend um, after, again, so many different events? We had golf. We had basketball in action. We even had some XFL, which I'm not sure how many eyes were on it. But, I mean, opening weekend of the XFL means football continues on. And I know that's big in Palm Beach County and the Treasure Coast. And we did have basketball. I'm not sure there's going to be any weekend winners out of that outside of Mac McClung, who uh, doubled his career payday so far in the NBA by winning the dunk contest. Tip of the cap to him. But for me, who I'm inaugurating as this weekend's winner on President's Day, who got the popular vote for me? This one's easy. It's going to be the Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers fans, the Green Bay Packers front office, and anybody associated with that, with that franchise, all of the people that have shares in it, I know that it was publicly traded, and though they don't have a say, they got a share, it's cool, we all own the Packers. I'm happy for you. I am excited for you. This reminds me of how when people say they have divorce parties or anything like that, a bad breakup, how you're supposed to be happy with them. You're supposed to celebrate with them. Champagne toast. Because we learned over this weekend that the Green Bay Packers aren't just done with Aaron Rodgers. This this marriage that's lasted about two decades that has proven to bear out four MVPs, a Super Bowl championship, a Super Bowl MVP, I think 10 Pro mm. Bowls. I mean, immaculate success. But on the back end, just drama, just him holding the franchise over the head with a double barrel shotgun. Whoa. Him, you know, just figuratively speaking. Okay. Figuratively speaking. This guy talking about his darkness retreats. This guy showing his feet on press conferences, getting getting Rex Ryan all riled up. Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers sound like they are officially done, Stone Lebanowitz. And the word that we got on Aaron Rodgers this weekend on how the Green Bay Packers as a franchise feel about him is disgusted. They are disgusted with Aaron Rodgers, and this is according to Bob McGinn. Bob McGinn, who has covered the Green Bay Packers for a long time, and he put out an article on Substack um, on the Go Long pod as well. Bob McGinn saying the Packers will for sure move on from Aaron Rodgers. It was a great run. It was fun. All good things must come to an end, and I'm celebrating. I, I think the popular vote goes to the Green Bay Packers and their fan base and their front office for finally having the guts the, the unmitigated guts to say we're done with this dude, we're moving on, we're going to put our faith 
and Jordan Love. I don't know how it's going to work out, Stone, but I do know one thing. I'm happy for them in this time of need. Stone, am I on par here? Yeah, you're on par. Right, let's not say par. You're on brand. On right? brand. You've been a hater since we kicked off the show. Now we're about 40 minutes in, <laughs> and you're staying on brand. <laughs> Green Bay Packers fans, if you are rejoicing over the news that the organization is disgusted with Aaron Rodgers, wait till you see your new quarterback, Jordan <laughs> Love, take the field. All those weapons around him, such a good defense. Have fun with Jordan Love and Bob McGinn. Screw off. <laughs> wait. Why are you taking it out on the messenger? He's not the guy that's disgusted with Aaron Rodgers. He's just reporting that he's learned that the Packers are disgusted with their quarterback who is somewhere not even hearing this news because he's, you know, hanging upside down in a dark room. You've been doing this long enough. To claim that Bob McGinn is not disgusted with Aaron Rodgers is way out of line. (laughs) Way out of line. He's an objective journalist. He's probably the most disgusted (laughs) with Aaron Rodgers. And he says, you know what? I'm so sick and tired of this dude. I have a couple platforms to do this. Let me shake the room. Oh, my goodness. Who is he getting word for? We don't have word from anybody that they're disgusted with Aaron Rodgers. Now, it wouldn't surprise me. You have a quarterback, a Hall of Fame, a first ballot Hall of Famer who's just not even answering text messages, not even answering phone calls. Agents probably can't get a hold of him. He's just doing his own thing. Yes, I'm sure it can turn you the other way. But overall, Theo, it's pretty on brand with you. But it still has a little bit of... A little bit of hate in it. It's President's Day. It's President's Day. I'm trying to show love to the Packers franchise. Like, I'm not <laughs> hating. I mean, sometimes to, to show love, you have to hate on the other side a little bit. Like, I'm just trying to, again, I'm, I'm everybody's friend. I like to look at myself as the kind of like a, an optimist. I'm, I'm, one, I'm a guy that sees a ray of sunshine in any, any room, no matter how dark it is, Aaron Rodgers. And I just want the Packers fans to feel a sense of relief. Sometimes it's nice Though he was a great guy, and I said it, 10 Pro Bowls, one, one Super Bowl. Yep, that's right. 10 Pro Bowls, a lot, a lot of playoff appearances. 10 Pro Bowls, too. Four MVPs. Great regular season guy. And a Super Bowl championship. He did get one, right? He did Am get I one. Miscounting? Did he get two? No, he did not get just two. One. Okay. Just one. How many does Patrick Mahomes have? By Don't the way? worry about it. I can't remember. All right. I'm just asking. Oh, but yeah, no. One really big Lombardi trophy that they got more than a decade ago. And I think it is fair to rejoice with the Packers fans as they now free themselves from a guy who is, what, turning 39, 40 years old, a guy who is literally not giving you a clear, concise answer on if he wants to even play football right now. A guy who they feel like last year came into the season not in the best of shape, a guy who they feel like last year came into the season not as focused as he previously was. Like, if he's going to mail it in, if he's going to hold your franchise hostage, you can still look back on the good years and say we had fun while looking forward to saying, hey, let's free ourselves from the shackles of Rodgers and see what this Jordan Love guy has to offer. All right, enough of this fake <laughs> enough of this fake celebration of President's Day. Right, you're just using it to tee off on Aaron Rodgers. He gets the vote! As if he's a punching bag. <laughs> but he did win the popular vote in the city of Milwaukee. Possibly, right, not proven, but possibly. I'm going to take this up a notch here. Who won my popular vote? Thank you. We are the golf capital of the United States. We have one of the only golf radio shows in the state of Florida, Palm Beach County, the Treasure Coast, hosted by Ken Levick Live. That's Honda Classic Live. You listen to Saturdays. But John Rahm wins my popular vote. He participated in this weekend's Genesis Invitational out in the West Coast in L.A. And when I say he's red hot, Theo, I mean he is red 
hot. Watching this guy play golf. I said this to somebody yesterday, and I loved when I said it. Oh, you loved what you said, right? I loved what I so said. So you said something to somebody, and you were like, damn, I'm good. Dude, it, it literally happened like that. Okay, we got to hear it. I was like, John Rahm right now is better at golf Uh-oh. than any other athlete right now is as good at their sport. John Rahm is playing golf better than LeBron James is playing basketball, better than Kevin Durant is playing basketball. What about Jokic? John Rahm is playing golf better than Nikola Jovic is playing basketball. John Rahm is playing better golf than Mike Trout is playing baseball. Okay, let's let's move over to the uh, gridiron because I don't know. You're trending. I will not hesitate to say that John Rahm is playing better golf than Patrick Mahomes is playing football right now. I will put that in writing with a Sharpie. I really, he better really win the Masters. feel that way. Because Mahomes just won the Super Bowl. So so tell me how, because I obviously don't pay enough attention to golf. We do have the Honda Classic in town this weekend. Great time for a quick plug. The Pro-Am going on at PGA National Resort and Spa today uh, this weekend. Starting Thursday, they're going to get stuff going. We'll be out there multiple times. We do have a Ken Levick Alive remote at the Honda Classic, That's, right? Come on. I think we do for That's four days straight. That's on th- So I'll be on the Thursday show, yeah. and then I, the rest of it I'll be covering stuff for TV. But no, back to John Rahm. He's dominating golf. How? What is he doing? John Rahm this weekend shot 1,700 and won the Genesis Invitational. Closest one to him was Max Homa. In a weekend where it was kind of shielded by Tiger Woods' success, he played really good golf. But let me take you through John Rahm's 2023. Gotcha. Mind you, it's February 20th. We're not even a month and a half. Through 2023, John Rom in 60 days, his top seven wins in all five of his starts. Three of them, he actually hoisted the trophy. Oof. So, so three. Let, let's go through that. Three wins and five starts. That's tough. It's ridiculous. Yeah, with the amount of players that are in the field in a one-man sport, mano, imano, imano, etc., wins them. Three out of the five this year. 93 under in 20 rounds. Theo, you might not know what that means, but it's ridiculous. I know what that means. You'll never see 93 under. That's crazy. In your entire lifetime. Yes. Neither will I. I might. He's averaging a 67 per round, which is 500. It's astronomical, the numbers that this guy's putting up. He's beat or tied 601 players, which is 98.8% of the field. Mm. He's lost to only eight players. Mind you, one of them being the best golfers in the world. Through five tournaments. Through five tournaments. And how much moolah? Do you think this guy has earned in 60 days? Okay, so I know the purse has been around like 18 or so million per tournament here, right? So I would say I would say he's won about, let's say, $43 million. Well, that's a ridiculous number. He's won $10 million <laughs> <laughs> in purse. Don't you hate when people overcut your, your big sale there? <laughs> I mean, yeah, you totally, you totally... I forgot that's total purse I'm looking at, huh? So right. I'm not thinking for, about just first place. For sure. Price. Okay. For, so for the stuff that he's wearing out there, yeah, he it could be in that realm yes, of $40 yes, million, dollars, yes. right? Endorsements, everything that he's putting on brand, his commercials, whatever. But in prize earnings... But I'm talking about in prize earnings. Okay. $10 million in 60 days. Let's do some math. That's more than Patrick Mahomes' $300 million contract. That's more than Mike Trout's contract. That's more than any athlete right now, their contract in a 60-day span. What John Rahm is doing right now is Tiger Woods-esque. It's name oh. any top-tier athlete. The run that he's on is something that should be acknowledged. We are in the golf capital of the United States of America, so yeah. I, I think that it's warranted that he gets my popular vote on President's Day because if John Rahm got voted into office, guess who would not be mad? Me. <laughs> I would 100% support John Rahm being our president right now because when you turn on the television, it was CBS yesterday, 
Watching him play golf is is it's uncomparable to anybody else playing sports right now. There is nobody doing what he's doing in their sport right in this moment. So, do you think he can keep it up? Like how? Like, and I'm not asking this as a guy that's trying to counter your point. I'm just saying, like, is this going to be an incredible stretch that we're in the beginning of? Are we on the back end of it? Like, what's your gauge on him being able to be consistent with this? So, I would compare it to somebody like a Steph Curry or a Damian Lillard when they get hot. You mm. know, they're just about to go on some sort of run. He's plus 700 to win the Masters, which is, from a Vegas perspective, ridiculously low. Seven to one in a field that large yeah. says enough, S- tells you everything you need to know. But I think this would be a stretch that if you're not a golf fan, you are a casual. Compare it to someone like Steph Curry. When okay. he's shooting 55% from beyond the arc, like this is what John Rahm's doing. There are no signs of slowing down. His irons, his entire golf game is dialed into the point where. If you're not a golf fan, this is something that you must tune into because they look like video game highlights. Like, just go to YouTube and type in round three highlights, round four highlights when he's shooting 64s, when he's shooting 67s, which he averages. Yeah. It's a spectacle, Theo. Like, for you who I can would I'll consider a golf yeah. casual, like, this would be a sight for your eyes. Well, you, you'd be like, oh, my God. You know what is comparable to Steph Curry and other NBA players that John Rahm is doing? A little low management because I won't see him in the Honda Classic. See, I would give him more credit if he showed up for the Honda Classic. Anthony Edwards would be unimpressed. Uh, are you experiencing foot and ankle pain and need to see an expert in the field? Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has a team of foot and ankle orthopedic surgeons and specialists who are regarded as leaders in their specialty. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho to learn more today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians and leading edge treatments and technology to provide advanced orthopedic, foot and ankle, joint replacement, spine, and sports medicine care. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho. For more information today, Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash ortho. It is a dog bleep Monday. It's also President's Day, and we are inaugurating our president of sport based on who got the popular vote this weekend. So we got a little positive, we got a little negative. We got it all on Ken Levick Alive today, 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. That's the number to call in and give us your vote, and we'll take it on the other side. He's Stone LeBanowitz, I'm Theo Dorsey, this is ESPN 106.3. Can we do it again? Yeah, yeah. Can we do it again? Yeah, yeah. I need to do it again. Yeah, yeah. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. It's not every day you get movement from Hall of Fame players, future Hall of Famers, no matter the league, NHL, MLB, NFL, or the NBA, but it seems to happen more and more in the National Basketball Association the further along we get into the era of player empowerment and the latest future Hall of Famer to move. I think, is this is this worthy of a breaking news, Stone? I think so. I think it might be worthy of a breaking news. Uh, breaking news on ESPN 106.3 is brought to you by St. Lucie Battery and Tire. If your vehicle has issues with braking or other issues, get it fixed right, right now at St. Lucie Battery and Tire. After finalizing a contract buyout, and this tweet from Adrian Wojnarowski, as all breaking news. Woj bomb! Right. This is NBA breaking news. Of course, it's from Woj. After finalizing a contract buyout with the Utah Jazz, nine-time All-Star guard Russell Westbrook plans to sign with 
the Los Angeles Clippers. His agent, Jeff Schwartz of Excellent Basketball Tales ESPN. Russell Westbrook, in the matter of this past week, traded from the Lakers to the Utah Jazz, bought out from the Jazz, and is now remaining under his lease to stay playing in Staples Center, going over to the dark side, playing for the Los Angeles Clippers. So this I ask you, Stone Labanowitz, because this move doesn't move me that much. But another move of a guy that might be a potential future Hall of Famer that happened on the buyout market also didn't move me that much, and that's Kevin Love going to the Miami Heat. So I propose you this question. Russell Westbrook to the Clippers, Kevin Love to the Miami Heat. Which one of those guys moves the needle more for both teams that are hoping to be contending for a championship? I mean, neither one is really in prime position to contend for a title. Both have, you know, reasonable belief that they can try and do it. Who moves the needle more? So the answer here is Russell Westbrook. Wow. I think it's because who surrounds him, that being a guy like PG, a guy like Kawhi, and Russ is going to be coming off the bench, and I think he already knows that going into this. So if he can come off the bench as a scorer, he can drag them out of scoring droughts. He can provide sparks when both of those guys want to take a seat and get a breath, similar to some of the shining moments that he had with the Lakers. But I, I think, obviously, the one that moves the needle more is the younger, more aggressive, more athletic player in Russell Westbrook. Because these Clippers, they deem themselves as a threat. Like, I'm a Vegas guy. I typically go by what the sports books are telling us. Their odds are pretty low yeah. to get out of the West, and you're only adding depth to your roster. So I think the answer here is Russell Westbrook and the Clippers. I'm not mad at that take because, honestly, for me, I think neither one of the guys moved the needle enough for me to feel like championship odds should, sh- should even shift, right? Like, I think whatever the Clippers' championship odds were before they got Russell Westbrook and whatever they are now shouldn't move. But if you're telling me that in a playoff series or maybe in one of these late regular season games when Kawhi Leonard wants to sit out or Paul George needs to rest, Russell Westbrook takes control of the offense for 10 minutes, might not be the worst thing. You don't see Kevin Love seeing that for, or doing that for the Miami Heat for sure as he's going to be likely backing up Bam Adebayo. And the biggest problem for the Miami Heat with this Kevin Love addition, great name, again, former All-Star, all of that great stuff, NBA champion, a vet. You're bringing a vet into the locker room. But it's never a good sign when a team ahead of you in the Eastern Conference standings, a team ahead of you in your own conference, buys out a veteran, and you're going and getting him and acting like that guy is going to be the guy to save you and help you win a championship. Kevin Love isn't coming to the Miami Heat to make them a contender. He's just coming as a veteran presence and a good backup guy. And if the Cavs didn't think he could be valuable to a playoff run, why would he be valuable to the Heat? Yeah, I think it shows the state of where the Miami Heat are at right now. Like, Tough. Heat fans love this move for Kevin Love. And you're allowed to love it. Yeah. But is he actually going to be a difference maker in winning and losing basketball games? I, I, I don't think the answer to that is yes. I don't even think he's capable of doing it. Maybe that's just what the Cavs have made us believe in, that he doesn't have him, have it anymore, that they've bumped him out of the rotation. But mind you, that Cleveland Cavaliers team is really young. A lot of jumpers, a lot of guys who can get to the basket, and that's not necessarily what Kevin Love's strength is at this point in his career. So maybe they've masked his full potential or what he was once good at was being a catch-and-shoot guy and playing alongside of a guy like LeBron James. Yeah. Now he has that guy, right, and Jimmy Butler. And not to say he didn't have that guy with a team like Donovan Mitchell, where he had in Cleveland, and guys who could drive and kick, another and Darius, Darius Garland. Garland. Yeah, I mean, that had a good setup there. For sure, but I, I think the style of basketball they play in Cleveland is a lot different than what they play. I would more so compare the way the Heat play basketball to how the 
old Miami Heat played basketball with LeBron James in yeah. 2011, 12, and 13. So I think this is somewhat of a match made in heaven for them. So I can see why Heat fans are getting out of their seats and they enjoy this, but not as much of a needle mover as Russell Westbrook to the Clippers is. This move makes more sense if you do it in the offseason and you bank on Heat culture and you bank on him getting into the best shape of his life, quote-unquote, and you have a full, you know, again, offseason training camp for Eric Spolster to find creative ways to use him. Him being a midseason addition at this big age, 34, at his, whatever shape he's in right now because he's been nursing a hand injury and hasn't been playing, it's not doing much when it comes to the Heat's playoff hopes. Uh, we're going to come back and bring something back that we used to do a lot of times on Ken Levick Alive, and we haven't done it in a while. But since Ken's out, and it's a big Teddy takeover, Theo Dorsey and Stone Labanowitz in, we're going to bring back a little bit of the listening lunch. That's right. You heard it here first. Listening lunch makes a return when we return on Ken Levick Alive. He's Stone Labanowitz. I'm Theo Dorsey. This is ESPN 106.3. But do it again. Yeah, yeah. Can we do it again? Yeah, yeah. I need to do it again. Yeah, yeah. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. It's not every day you get movement from Hall of Fame players, future Hall of Famers, no matter the league, NHL, MLB, NFL, or the NBA, but it seems to happen more and more in the National Basketball Association the further along we get into the era of player empowerment and the latest future Hall of Famer to move. I think, is this is this worthy of a breaking news, Stone? I think so. I think it might be worthy of a breaking news. Uh, breaking news on ESPN 106.3 is brought to you by St. Lucie Battery and Tire. If your vehicle has issues with braking or other issues, get it fixed right, right now at St. Lucie Battery and Tire. After finalizing a contract buyout, and this tweet from Adrian Wojnarowski, as all breaking news. Woj bomb! Right. This is NBA breaking news. Of course, it's from Woj. After finalizing a contract buyout with the Utah Jazz, nine-time All-Star guard Russell Westbrook plans to sign with the Los Angeles Clippers. His agent, Jeff Schwartz, of Excellent Basketball Tales ESPN. Russell Westbrook, in the matter of this past week, traded from the Lakers to the Utah Jazz, bought out from the Jazz, and is now remaining under his lease to stay playing in Staples Center, going over to the dark side, playing for the Los Angeles Clippers. So this I ask you, Stone Labanowitz, because this move doesn't move me that much, but another move of a guy that might be a potential future Hall of Famer that happened on the buyout market also didn't move me that much, and that's Kevin Love going to the Miami Heat. So I propose you this question. Russell Westbrook to the Clippers, Kevin Love to the Miami Heat. Which one of those guys moves the needle more for both teams that are hoping to be contending for a championship? I mean, neither one is really in prime position to contend for a title. Both have, you know, reasonable belief that they can try and do it. Who moves the needle more? So the answer here is Russell Westbrook. Wow. I think it's because who surrounds him, that being a guy like PG, a guy like Kawhi, and Russ is going to be coming off the bench, and I think he already knows that going into this. So if he can come off the bench as a scorer, he can drag them out of scoring droughts. He can provide sparks when both of those guys want to take a seat and get a breath, similar to some of the shining moments that he had with the Lakers. But I, I think, obviously, the one that moves the needle more is the younger, more aggressive, more athletic player in Russell Westbrook. Because these Clippers, they deem themselves as a threat. 
Like, I'm a Vegas guy. I typically go by what the sports books are telling us. Their odds are pretty low yeah. to get out of the West, and you're only adding depth to your roster. So I think the answer here is Russell Westbrook and the Clippers. I'm not mad at that take because, honestly, for me, I think neither one of the guys moved the needle enough for me to feel like championship odds should, sh- should even shift, right? Like, I think whatever the Clippers' championship odds were before they got Russell Westbrook and whatever they are now shouldn't move. But if you're telling me that in a playoff series or maybe in one of these late regular season games when Kawhi Leonard wants to sit out or Paul George needs to rest, Russell Westbrook takes control of the offense for 10 minutes, might not be the worst thing. You don't see Kevin Love seeing that for, or doing that for the Miami Heat for sure as he's going to be likely backing up Bam Adebayo. And the biggest problem for the Miami Heat with this Kevin Love edition, great name, again, former All-Star, all of that great stuff, NBA champion, a vet. You're bringing a vet into the locker room. But it's never a good sign when a team ahead of you in the Eastern Conference standings, a team ahead of you in your own conference, buys out a veteran and you're going and getting him and acting like that guy is going to be the guy to save you and help you win a championship. Kevin Love isn't coming to the Miami Heat to make them a contender. He's just coming as a veteran presence and a good backup guy. And if the Cavs didn't think he could be valuable to a playoff run, why would he be valuable to the Heat? Yeah, I think it shows the state of where the Miami Heat are at right now. Like, Tough. Heat fans love this move for Kevin Love. And you're allowed to love it. Yeah. But is he actually going to be a difference maker in winning and losing basketball games? I, I, I don't think the answer to that is yes. I don't even think he's capable of doing it. Maybe that's just what the Cavs have made us believe in, that he doesn't have him, have it anymore, that they've bumped him out of the rotation. But mind you, that Cleveland Cavaliers team is really young. A lot of jumpers, a lot of guys who can get to the basket, and that's not necessarily what Kevin Love's strength is at this point in his career. So maybe they've masked his full potential or what he was once good at was being a catch-and-shoot guy and playing alongside of a guy like LeBron James. Yeah. Now he has that guy, right, and Jimmy Butler. And not to say he didn't have that guy with a team like Donovan Mitchell, where he had in Cleveland, and guys who could drive and kick, another and Darius, Darius Garland. Garland. Yeah, I mean, that had a good setup there. For sure, but I think the style of basketball they play in Cleveland is a lot different than what they play. I would more so compare the way the Heat play basketball to how the old Miami Heat played basketball with LeBron James in yeah. 2011, 12, and 13. So I think this is somewhat of a match made in heaven for them, so I can see why Heat fans are getting out of their seats and they enjoy this, but not as much of a needle mover as Russell Westbrook to the Clippers is. This move makes more sense if you do it in the offseason and you bank on Heat culture and you bank on him getting into the best shape of his life, quote-unquote, and you have a full, you know, again, offseason training camp for Eric Spolstra to find creative ways to use him. Him being a midseason addition at this big age, 34, at his, whatever shape he's in right now because he's been nursing a hand injury and hasn't been playing, it's not doing much when it comes to the Heat's playoff hopes. Uh, we're going to come back and bring something back that we used to do a lot of times on Ken Levick Alive, and we haven't done it in a while. But since Ken's out, and it's a big teddy takeover, Theo Dorsey and Stone Labanowitz in, we're going to bring back a little bit of the listening lunch. That's right. You heard it here first. Listening lunch makes a return when we return on Ken Levick Alive. He's Stone Labanowitz. I'm Theo Dorsey. This is ESPN 106.3.